Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel and Lindsay. Rachel, what kind of drink are you drinking right there? What kind of drink is that? You know, okay. What I have a confession drink? to make. What's the confession? My name's Rachel Lindsay. Uh-huh. And I'm addicted to Red Bull. It's not good. I'm on I'm on a whole health eating clean and I really have been. Like I've I've really been good since I came from this retreat. However, I've got some some issues and one of them is You like Red, Red Bull. Bull. You like Red Bull. Sugar free though. Sugar free. -free. It's just like Mm -hmm. make you all jittery though. Um, look, we want to check back in with the first segment of last week's show, which is Trudy's Corner. Uh, It's been unanimous on Reddit that Pound Town guy is creepy. Reddit has spoken, (laughs) Mister Pound Town. They say that he's creepy, and I just want to let Mister Pound Town know. That if he's listening, you can still course correct. Okay, you don't have to be creepy, Mister Pound Town guy, the entire time. You can still course correct. Okay, uh, but you thought he was creepy, right? A hundred percent, and I disagree with Van. Uh, I'd like to just move on. <laughs> he can, I'm just letting him know. He like, if he I'm does, letting, great, good for him. But um, you know, I, I'm just letting you know. The, the consensus is you got a little bit too much dip on your chip there, Mr. Pottown. All right. Dip on the chip. Now, we're going to start so, with... That's so gross. It just sounds so <laughs> gross. Bit too much. I hate I it. Dip it on the chip. <laughs> dip it on the... What's your favorite dip? Have I ever asked you this? No. You haven't asked you? What's your favorite dip? What's, what's Rachel's Pico go-to? Pico de gallo? Dip? No. No? That doesn't no. count? No. No. I don't Why? like that answer. Now, it's, I, I, what? You like, asked me to answer. I answered answer truthfully, and you're going to tell me no. No, that's like, I don't know. No, pico de gallo. That's not. No, Why not? Man. It's a dip. I use it on chips. What is the problem? It's What's so, your favorite dip? It's like, so you mean tell me with all the delectable dips out there, you dice up some vegetables, put it on a chip, and that's your whole thing? Oh, I don't Rachel. say I make it myself. What about, what about average onion? <laughs> no. So that's disgusting. I French have an issue onion with, dip is disgusting. I have an issue with textures. You know, my pickiness is rooted in textures. So I uh. can't handle the texture of most dips. So pico de gallo has like some, uh, a different texture to it that I can handle. It's got a little bit of crunch and I can, I can deal with that. Okay. Well, look, uh, thread up on the thought warriors Reddit. What is a better dip? Pico de gallo or French onion. I don't want to participate. No, no. It's done. We did it. We we are the Thought Warriors ready. We are. We are. First of all, first question is, is Pico de gallo a dip? Which I say yes. If so, is it better than French onion? You know why you want to say no? Because you know it's a better dip. You're mad you didn't think of it first. Uh, My nigga. Yeah. I, in a million years, I would never choose. You're talking to a bona fide fat boy. In a million years, I would never choose pico de gallo over French onion dip. Like there have been times when I've actually, when the French onion dip is still plentiful, but the chips are down to their crumbs, I've been known to take a spoon, <gasps> dip it into the bag of chips with the crumbs on the spoon, and then oh, dip that into the French onion dip. And eat it like that. 
I love a little French onion. I need you to understand these thoughts have never crossed my mind. Because you're not in, you're not intuitive and you're not. Well, because I don't like food. With food no, no, no. Like remember, that. I eat food to survive, not for right. pleasure. That's how I am right now, by the way. I, I, I'm, I'm logging all my meals and I'm doing all my things. I've lost an astounding seven pounds this week. That's amazing, Van. Good Probably job. Probably was a lot of water. Yeah, we're doing great. All I'm right, send you uh, some pico. We have to talk about something. No, I don't want it. I don't want it. The only pico I know is the one that's right outside there, uh, not too far from where I'm at. That's the only pico I want to know. Pico, take you all the way to the beach, take you all the way downtown. Other than that, I have no use for nope. pico. Um, okay, we're going to start with something interesting right now. Now, here on Higher Learning, we don't normally get into trashing podcasts or podcast beef. It's not our cup of tea. We like to talk about relevant issues. But there is something that happened on a podcast that we've both been discussing that we simply cannot go uh, without talking about here on Higher Learning. Okay, Rachel knows what I'm talking about. Rachel's watched it. You have to see the look on her face. It's very funny. All right, there's a podcast that goes on down there in Miami. It is called Fresh and Fit. The structure of the Fresh and Fit podcast is Fresh and Fit. They call themselves High Value Males, which is, of course, a term. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if you had told me that, I never would have pressed play. What the fuck? They they are they are high value males, of course. That is a term that has been coined or made popular by Kevin Samuels, and the Fresh and Fit podcast deals with male female dynamics, um, and things that go down go on down there in Miami. But they they is they're part of the manosphere. There's all these podcasts out out there right now with this really really masculine super energy. I would even say masculine because the masculine energy is completely awesome and, and great. But they have this like uh, I'd say that they're, they're they're men 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 they're men and women and this and this and that and that's what they're trying to do. I, maybe toxic masculinity would be a better thing, but I don't want to brand them as toxic. That's what they're doing, and a lot of people like Fresh Fit now. Fresh Fit have talked about a lot of things. They talk about going out on yacht parties. They're talking about the fact that they don't want to be with one woman because they're high value men. All of these things they've talked about. But they've also decided recently, for whatever reason, or in the past at some point, that they were going to talk about black women. Fresh is, I think, uh, I think Fresh is from Barbados. And Fit, I think, is uh, part Sudanese. So these are both guys that we would consider here in America to be black. Now, this all started initially when they had Asian Doll on the podcast. Did you see when they had Asian Doll on the podcast? I did. Uh, Fit kicked Asian Doll off of the podcast um, because he said that she was being disrespectful. He didn't actually kick her out. Let me make sure I know that she left. She left. She left. Uh, She left the podcast because she said that he was being too mean or whatever. Then a clip surfaced of Fresh and Fit, two black dudes, talking about why they don't date black women. Or not why, but the fact that they don't date black women. This is that clip. I mean, hey, bro, if you want to date a bunch of Shaniquas, go for it, man. LaQuisha. Uh, yeah, like uh, me and Fresh aren't really down with the brown nah, like that. Man. We ain't night Riders. No, so bro, I'm good. Uh, you know, sometimes if they're, you know, red bone, but like in general, me and fresh uh, don't dabble in the dark, if you know what I'm saying. Yep. OK, so obviously that um, that clip made its way to the shade room. It made its way to the shade room in light of the Asian dog clip, because a lot of people thought that they were 
mean to Asian Doll. All right. So before we get into what we thought about both things, Fresh and Fit took it upon themselves to address the clip on a stream that they did earlier this week. This is basically what they had to say about what they had to say about black women, about the fact that they do not date black women and about anybody who questions why that might be the case. Go ahead and roll that, Donnie. When it comes to dating and your personal preferences, it's no one bats an eye. When women say I want a man that's six feet tall, makes a certain amount of money, blah, 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 those are considered preferences. But if I say, hey, man, I don't date black girls like that. Oh, God. You hate black women. How dare you? You know what I'm saying? It's ridiculous. My mom's black. Your mom's black. Yeah. My sister's black. Like, bro. We just have a preference. If we hated black women, would we bring African American women and black women on the show? Okay, but the all the time. The, let, the question. Let, let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. We would not if we if we had a, a issue an issue with them. Our dating preferences are our preferences. Just like you have the prerogative as a woman to date a man that makes a certain amount of money, a height, income, whatever it is. No one bats an eye. We are free to choose who we want to hook up with and date. Like what the hell? Like there's nothing wrong with having preference. Okay. Um. Before I even jump in with any of my thoughts i've been talking a lot but rachel you are the resident black lady you and trudy trudy i know trudy got to say uh you and trudy of the podcast what's your response uh, to what fresh and fit said well i have a question first sure in those clips that we saw because i was unfamiliar with them i was unfamiliar with their podcast i don't know how popular it is but when i mm-hmm. watched the clips there were women also sitting at the table yes black women several yes. are they a part of the podcast natural normally so i actually was i actually had talked to academics and actually had got a dm from fresh about maybe going on their podcast because what they talk about is like relationships and all of that no, no, stuff no. like that tell them to co- tell him to come here and i'm it's gonna tell you why in a second and, and so but yes so what they typically do is there are two guests and then there's a whole table it's actually a really novel way to do a, to to do content a whole table full of people uh the, excuse me there are two hosts and a whole table full of people they talk and then there's a conversation that goes on around the table and yeah a lot of the times there are black ladies up there, but it's Miami, so it's a very multicultural, you know, community. So you have blacks, you have Latinos, you have Cuban ladies, you have Dominican ladies, you have all different types of ladies, but they're normally of a certain age range. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all sitting around talking about that that type of stuff. Okay, so that's nice if that's the concept of it, but I didn't grasp that when I watched those clips because on multiple occasions, and there's another occasion where they're um I think no, that's when they're um explaining why they said what they said about black women. Fit hushes the black woman like hush. I'm talking and multiple occasions. So that's why I was trying to understand the setup of this show, because they don't invite conversation. They shush people. And it, it is very he says toxic. Only one, he, he, just to let you know, he says only one person talks at a time. So even even in that same clip, which I, I watched the entire thing, I watched their entire stream mm-hmm. when somebody else would try to cut that same girl off. He would say, stop, let her finish. So unless that, he was talking. Well, what I'm saying is, listen to what I'm saying. I'm saying is, if she was talking, he would stop and say, let her finish talking. And then when he's talking, I'm not making up, I'm not taking up for him. I'm just saying if people watch the stream, his his whole thing is, when one person's talking, don't interrupt. So when I he shush her like that, that that's I what understand. he 
I yeah. understand. I guess I just saw the guys talking over each other back and forth. But when right. a woman would step in, it was like, hush. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's what I, that's what I noted. Mm -hmm. So there was some extreme toxic masculinity going. And the reason why I said, don't go on their podcast, come over here because, and I wanted to understand the setup of that show. It's because I didn't like, and I didn't watch the whole thing because I had enough watching the clip that I needed, I wanted to hear from the women who they were offending at that table. I wanted them to hear, and it seemed like, and maybe it comes later on in the past. And, she did. I mean, in that clip. She did get a chance to talk. He let her, he let her have a, a hold. Yeah. That's the clip that we need to see. Because the way it looks, it looks like the black women aren't even given, given a chance to speak on what they're saying. So I'm glad to hear that. Okay, so moving on. I hate that we have to talk about this subject. And, and people who are listening are probably like, oh, they're just so, they're, they're ignorant. That's an ignorant line of thinking. That's just these two guys. No. The reason we have to talk about it, it be, is it is because it is that they are not, they don't stand alone when it comes to that line of thinking. There are a lot of black men who think that way. There are a lot of black men who say that very proudly and loudly. It's not just a one-off. I can remember in college where I would have black men tell me to my face that they didn't date black women. They wanted a woman who looked a certain way. And if she might be black, she had to have European features, which is what they referenced with, well, maybe I would do a red bone. It's so sad that they can't understand how damaging that is because they're allowing a certain type of stereotype to perpetuate within our community and are okaying it. But it's also so damaging because they're, they're trying to mask it under, oh, it's just a preference. Just like you might like somebody tall or with a certain eye color, but that's the difference. A preference is, oh, that's my taste. Or maybe I have a tendency to like that. What they're doing is it's an absolute. I absolutely don't date black women. And then use, use derogatory language like, oh, all black women have names like Shaquita. You call dabble in the dark. It's disgusting and they talk about it as if they're repulsed by black women that's not a preference you have to not date black women you are disgusted by them and if i had been at the table my immediate question would have been like why that's what the girl why asked. are you so why are you so adamant yeah to to not and what was their response as to why have, that, that they don't have to explain why that, that and, and i'll tell you why they're afraid to say it they don't like black women that's there's if, if they don't well, want obvious. to say it yeah, it, but but no, but they're masking masking it under. I have a preference just like you. What it really is is self hatred and a disgust of black women. So if you do a social caste system, black women are at the bottom, and they and they play into that thought by talking, calling them Shaniquas and dabble in the dark and all of these these like they're disgusted by us. Mm -hmm. So. They say that they don't have to explain because they don't want to face the truth. They don't want people to know the truth. They don't like black women, period. Right. Okay, yeah. I mean, everything that you said is true. I think a, there, a couple of things jump out of me. Number one is this. So to your point about her, this sister who asked them why, she asked them a couple of times why. She asked them both of them why, and they said they didn't have to explain it. That's bullshit. That's cap. That's cowering from the conversation. I'll tell you why it is. Yep. And this is directly the fresh and fit. Your whole podcast is the why. That's what any podcast is. An entire podcast is the why. You come on there and you said you say, uh, I, I don't feel like I should have to be just with one woman. Well, then why? The answer is because I'm a high value man. And a high value man means this and this and that. 
podcast, if if a podcast wasn't about the why, then it would simply be people going around making statements. Hey, I think this. Wow. I think that. Wow. Really? Right. What you mean? The why is why people are watching it. Their podcast is full of whys, no matter what they're d- discussing, whether it's social, whether it's financial, whether it's relationships, whether it's whatever it is, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's all about why. So to draw that line then is to your point, them just not going, them not wanting to say the, yeah. the quiet thing out loud. Okay, number two. I actually don't begrudge anyone who has a preference. I don't care about that. Like, I don't know why people have preferences. I don't know why preferences exist. It is a, that's actually not true. I absolutely know why preferences exist. I know that a a beauty standard is, is pushed down people's throat. I know that the way Europe and the European imperialism has affected the world means that white means right. If you're not Mm -hmm. white, the closer you are to white, just the better off you are, the more attractive you are, the more whatever. And I understand that that is something that comes from centuries and centuries and centuries of programming. I get that. What I'm saying is I don't want to legislate that with anyone because that's almost a psychological level of piercing into them that to me isn't really worth my time. It's not worth my time for me to explain to for me. Because I don't think people want to hear it. It's not worth my time to explain to Fresh, who is from Barbados, who says the first time he had sex with a with a woman, she was a white woman. She was a tourist. And then forever he liked, he liked white women because of that. There's a reason why white women are tourists in the country that he lives in. See what I'm saying? It's a reason mm-hmm. why they come to the country that you live in for fun. And a reason why the economy of the country that you live in, that you come from, is based upon how many white people show up there every single year. There's a reason why all of that stuff works. There's a reason why all of these beautiful places in the Caribbean or in Africa or wherever is a reason why all of those places with all of these resources are still poor. There's a reason why all of this stuff Mm -hmm. comes from the same reason. That's probably a conversation that that. It's a lot, maybe even too deep. Maybe people don't want to have the conversation. I'm not trying to force that on people who don't want to have it. This is what I'm saying. Fuck all of that. Fuck it. Fuck why. Even fuck the why. The why for me, I don't care about. I couldn't care less whether or not these guys want to date black women. I really don't care. You know what I mean, I have to care about whether or not my nephews want to date black women. I have to care about whether my homies want to date black women. I have to make sure that the guys around me that I can still influence that they can properly appreciate sisters and give sisters and make great homes with them um, and, and do the things that they have to do. I have to care about them. I can't care about grown men who are out here feeling or however they feel. I'm not going to fight that battle. This is what I will say. You attacked black women. So there's a difference. And let's be, let's be fair and honest about this. Let's be men. Forget about the high value part. Let's be men. You attacked black women. You call my mama Shanika. You call my sister Shanika. You call my podcast co-host Shanika. Fresh and fit owe black women an apology. They owe black women an apology because what was said, whereas it would have been taken, they would have been offended no matter what. If you go on your podcast and you say, I don't date black women, it would have been offensive no matter what. The way that they said it, the fact that they announced it so loudly, the fact that they threw it out there like it was a stat, like it was something to be proud of. Yep. That specifically denigrates a group of people that I am 
irrationally protective of needs to be reconciled. It does. They also said on the podcast that they make fun of all kinds of groups. Hey, we make fun of everybody. But all of a sudden, when we make fun of black women, now y'all want to get up in arms? Yeah. And let me tell you why. The protection of black women and black people has to be irrational and OD because the attacks of black women and black people are irrational and OD. Mm -hmm. See, we have to be irrational We have to be emotional. We have to be aggressive. We have to be completely laser focused on protecting ourselves because the attacks are just like that. It's irrational and like overzealous and OD to have mammies and have blackface and have minstrel shows Mm -hmm. and have uh, uh, black women portrayed as hypersexualized or loud or crass. All of that's OD. See, all of that's too much. Mm-hmm. All of that's over aggressive. So yeah, I'm mm-hmm. extra sensitive. And a lot of people, black, white, all over the place, they're extra sensitive about that. So the reality is, no, you can't live like that. You can't live taking shots at black women. It's yeah. If we're talking about a protected class, I definitely feel like that sisters have to be a protected class because they've been overly assailed. And it's mm-hmm. not me, it's not me waxing poetic. It's not me going crazy. It's not me doing the same van thing where I lose myself. They wrong. Period. Yeah. And so, and so, and so for me, and so for me personally, I don't give a fuck. It's for somebody else to have a, a, a discussion about fresh and fit about the centuries and centuries of programming that have led to them looking at the women Fitz said that his mom has asked him why he doesn't bring a Sudanese girl Fred said that their mother has asked them why why he doesn't date a, a, a woman I think he's from Barbados why they don't bring these women home they've asked him that their mothers have asked him that the reason why your mom has asked you that is because you not dating women that look like her you're hurting her she wonders why she's not good enough for you. She wonders what she did wrong to bring someone into the world who cannot find beauty in how she looks. Now, the, now the reason is that you don't have to, but you do have to show respect. You don't have to date black women. You don't have to like black women. You don't have to be around black women. But fam, I'm going to need you to respect black women. And what you said and what you did was, <laughs> well, was irrespectful. Well, that's the whole thing. It's and, and, and this is where I would disagree with you is the why is so important because these two individuals have a microphone. And because of what I said earlier, they're not alone in their thinking. And for some people who are listening to this on the surface, they may say, hey, what they're saying, they have a point. Like they have black women in the room. So clearly they don't hate black women. They have black friends. They have black mothers. I get what they're saying. I have preferences too. The reason you have to understand the why is because you have to pierce through that. You have to understand that having them in the room doesn't mean that you respect them, you value them, or that you desire them. Having them sit at the table for you, like that's that's the thing with black women. Just because they're, or the way they feel about black women, just because they're sitting next to you doesn't mean that you have any respect for them. Watch the way that they treated Asian doll in that room. 
Uh-huh. Like it was told, it was a hundred percent disrespectful. And so I think that for people who are listening to this, who on the surface are like, I, 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 they have a point. They have to understand why they make the comments they do, why they are so nasty to black women, how deeply rooted it is. And I think that's the deeper discussion that needs to be had on that podcast. That's why I said, no, no, don't come over there. Come over here because it's a bigger conversation that. It doesn't just need to live on their podcast. Other people need to hear this as well. I mean, we could have it. My thing is this. We could have it on the podcast, but I don't think it it, it does much use to have it with them. And, you know, like it just because all you're going to get from them is defensiveness and all of that. Like to, to, to have a conversation about the perversion of the European beauty standard and why it's. Uh, so pervasive, not just here in America, but really everywhere you go. Colorism exists everywhere. Racism exists Absolutely. everywhere in the beauty center, everywhere. It's definitely a deep conversation. So to bring a couple of guys on who have talked about why they don't like black. I'm not dealing with that type of energy. I don't but fucking they, care. But they're not like, alone. But is it, what no, I'm trying but to what say. What I'm saying is we can have the I understand that they're not alone. But what I'm saying is we can have that conversation without them. All that's going to do is run my blood pressure up. We can have like we can we can have that conversation about that feeling and about where that comes from. We can have that conversation without them. But and maybe it's different. And maybe this is a a black man, black woman thing. I don't give a fuck who they decide that they want. I already know it's why. It's not them in particular. They're just the face of a whole the, school of thought that has made black women feel less than for years. I know, but the like, whole them, the whole them, I don't care. Like the, the entire them, the, by the way, most black men, overwhelmingly, most black men are into black women. So there's a, correct. There's a, correct. They might not as strongly say I only date I don't date I refuse to date black women but and Trudy can hop in on here I am telling you there are a lot of black men who will tell you I like somebody who has a certain skin complexion of course has a certain type of hair texture like I I don't just want a black black woman I'm telling you oh no it's not, I no I and I think you can that. love yeah. black women but then also hold black women to European standards and you know what I'm saying? Like, so well, it's, that's, it's uh, just so deeply rooted that no, that that's, I'm from Louisiana. So like, Correct. You, you, you know what I mean? So I certainly know about, it was times growing up where I wasn't light skinned enough. It's definitely different for men, but there's times in like, where I wasn't light skinned enough. My sister who is light, bright, can see her veins and her arms. Damn. She is uncomfortably light skinned. Ebony, if you can hear this right now, Get some sun, baby. Go out in the backyard. Get a little sun. You're light-skinned. People will be like, damn, that's your sister? And like, man, you could be cute if you were light-skinned with some green eyes or something like that. Like, get out of here. This big-ass nose. You're going to like this big-ass nose. But no, I understand what you're saying. What I'm I'm saying is, to your point, you're right. And all of that stuff needs to be explored. It has to be explored. But fair or unfair... I'm asking for black men to have decorum when speaking about black women at the least. I understand mm-hmm. what like whatever. I'm asking you because of the situations that we are in, I'm asking for some decorum. I don't give a fuck how you talk to other people and what the jokes you play and the games you play. I don't give a fuck how you talk and joke with your Latino friends. It was a girl on the podcast talking about she loved to say the N-word. These niggas didn't say shit. I don't give a fuck how you play with them. I don't fuck. I don't care. 
But I am asking, and I don't think it's irrational to ask, and even if it is irrational to ask, I don't give a fuck, for some decorum and some respect to be maintained when you're speaking and talking to black women. And I think that's yeah. that, that's a that's a cultural edict that I look, if there was a woman in there that was 50, 60 years old and they talking to her crazy, I'm, I'm gonna be like, yo, respect your elders because they 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 deserve that. When it comes to the, like sisters, even more than that, bro, come on, man, get right. That ain't get a little tighten up on your shit, bro. Tighten up, tighten the fuck up. Talk about some Shanika, nigga. Fuck wrong with you. All right, let's bring reason in. All right, you guys, we promised you this. We wanted to talk a little, some hip-hop. We wanted to talk some shit going on in L.A. And we have, I'm going to be honest with you, bro, one of the best rappers in the world, man. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for that. That's I'm going to keep it I'm going to keep it gangster, man. Shout out to everyone. Best rappers in the world. The homie Reason representing TDE. I see he's got the platinum album in the background. Yeah, Jesus I Christ. Didn't plan that. I, 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 <laughs> now I feel like one of them dudes is like, you know what I mean? Don't. <laughs> don't it I'm, is what it is be proud <laughs> but yeah, what's I'm, I'm gonna go get my Oscar and put it in the background nigga sure. you stunting stunt on niggas <laughs> uh, look so we want to talk about a lot of things with you uh, we also want to talk about the little back and forth that happened in the comments on yeah, Instagram man, it was coming from me I, <laughs> <laughs> wait what back and forth on your, on your post van I'll be, be responding to Van like he just wanted the homies forgetting that like he got all these followers <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, but this is how I talk with my homies. So I'm just responding. And then I had to, I had to kind of like defend myself a little bit. So before we get into that and kind of the fresh and fit stuff, because we just talked about it a little bit before, let's talk about what's popping in LA. Now you are from here. Are you not? Yeah. Yeah. I'm from there. So you, you are from LA. So you are well aware of what goes on in LA streets, what happens with LA rap and, and like, uh, sort of the climate as it has ebbed and flowed over the years. Yeah. How do you feel right now? You're a rapper, bro. Yeah. Like, you're a rapper. Is it safe to be a fucking L.A. rapper right now, man? It seems like the streets is on fire out there for folks. To be honest with you, I'm not even going to box it into rapper. It's just kind of not safe to be in L.A. right now. Like, L.A. is really like... It's like L.A. has always had its moments where, you know, we've gone through this thing called uh, 100 Days, 100 Nights. That's been a thing before. Um, it's been like a gang initiation thing or it might be like a gang retaliation thing where they try to kill like one person every single day. Um, so we've gone through different things in L.A. at different times. But this is the first time that we kind of like went through three or four things at once. You know what I mean? Like we went through 100 nights. We went through, um, you know, just the whole EDD PPP thing not being a thing anymore. So a lot of people are outside trying to figure out other ways to get it. And then mixed into that like a couple of gang beefs and then mixed into that a couple of rap beefs so i just think that like in this last like three months it's just been crazy like it's been like it's i've never seen la like this before honestly i've never i've never literally i have never in my life seen la as bad as it's been the last two and a half three months it's to a point literally i was just uh, talking to my boy we were trying to find something to do for new year's eve Legitimately, I'm not even exaggerating. I called about 40 people. Nobody was doing anything. Everybody was mm. nobody was going outside. Nobody was going anywhere because it's, it's scary right now. You know what I mean? And so everybody is just like, you know, just like we're just staying in the house. It is what it is. So yeah, mm. yeah I've never- you know it's what you know it's. I'm new to LA. Yeah, you know it's what I feel like we were hearing a lot about 
crime and different things that were happening. And now I feel like I'm not hearing of, about it as much, which or I just don't know if I, that's me being desensitized to how much we were hearing about it, which is terrible, um, how much we've been seeing about it on social media or hearing about it on the news. But on this podcast, we talked a lot about um, what's been happening in the hip hop community and with the senseless killing that we're seeing, not just in L.A., but just across the country. Yeah. And I guess my question for you is we've seen it happened before in da like Dallas is like got it's it's big in Dallas I'm from Dallas is it worse than you've ever seen it before the state of of hip hop when it comes to these senseless killings it just seems like scary to just step out yeah. is it worse than it's ever been honestly in, in my opinion and you know I wasn't like like I was alive in the 90s but I wasn't you know what I mean I wasn't older you know to be able to like you know really live into it but from what I can experience, yeah, this has been like the worst that has been, you know, rest in peace of Slim 400, rest in peace of the ruler. I just, I haven't seen it like this before. You know what I mean? Like it's to a point to where, you know, I don't even understand the point of beefing because, you know, hip hop beefs have, has always been either one or two ways. It's always been too far or it's been fun for the culture. You know, you go back and forth on records and stuff and that, you know, it's part of the culture. Yeah, You can't even like, typically that line of trying to do something for the culture and having a moment anymore because everybody is handling their issues in different ways. You know what I mean? And so I personally have never, I can't remember it being like that. Um, you know, where we just have to kill the killing of Dolph, rest in peace to him. It's like, I haven't seen it this frequent, you know what I mean? Like ever in my time span now, maybe, you know, it happened in the nineties during the pocket and the biggie stuff, but I, I don't remember that. You know what I mean? I, I didn't live through that like that. So, you're on TDE. Yeah. And shout out to Top, me and Top. Always. Let me tell you, say, say something real quick about Top. <laughs> it's a lot of people that you meet in the industry that's cool, that you cool with, you pour up with when you see them. It's a couple of people that have actually looked out for you. Yeah, I, I knew you was about to say that. Yeah, Top is like, yeah, keep going, keep going. Like who, there's a, there's a couple of people who have actually like helped you in your career, like looked out for you, delivered stuff for you when you didn't even ask them for it. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you know what I'm saying? When you didn't even ask him for nothing, and that's top. So sh shout out to top, top, who is the the CEO and the the, the big man over there at, at TDE. So uh, just pay, give him his flowers there real quick. Now TDE to me is a very interesting record label because y'all comment on everything that's going on in the culture, right? And you got people representing all different types of sets. You got people representing different areas, everybody getting along. But the music doesn't seem at all, it's not at all, exploitive of violence, exploitive of the gang banging. It's all in there, but it's not the main thing with not one artist. And you got guys from all over the city. I'm getting old, Reason. I'm getting old, 41. I have said on this podcast before that I feel like the music itself, we need to have a healthy conversation about yeah. how much of the music is just straight up glorifying, killing, like we in the fucking Grand Theft Auto game. Yeah, for sure. And I'm like the old man in my yard with the hoes, everybody screaming at me. You're a rapper. You, you need to be able to create and talk about whatever it is without anybody encumbering you creatively. Yeah. How far do you think the content of the music goes into kind of kind of some of the stuff we're seeing now? And is it time that we have a real conversation about it? Um, I think that the content 
I don't, I don't, I'm not one of the people that feel like the, that content influences the things that happen. But what I do think is that the content makes people have to stand on who they are in the music, if that makes sense. So I personally, uh. things go farther sometimes because it might be like, let's say that that's what I rap about. And then I get into it with, you know, another rapper. If I want to handle it peacefully and just have a conversation, I can't be that guy because on this song, I didn't kill 40 people. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, so Word. like I was in a clubhouse um, room just random. And uh, I, I saw. Uh, you gotta stay yeah. off that shit. I know. I, 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 I literally deleted this shit off my phone. <laughs> but um, uh, it was it was when Wackin' 21 was getting into it. You get what I'm saying? And um, don't want to speak on the whole situation, but <clears throat> I did see afterwards because 21 was just trying to like be like, bro, like I'm not about to mess with the money. I'm. I'm out of here, basically. You know what I'm saying? But you see people on Twitter like, oh, 21 supposed to be a gangster, this and that. That's what I feel like the content, it, if if 21 was less mature, he might have felt like, I got to stand on this now. So now me and Wack got to have a real issue. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. because of the content of which he might be rapping about or whatever the case may be. So I don't think it's necessarily the content. I just think that it's more ego and pride that goes into it where you got to stand on who you are similar to being the rich guy that's rapping and then you in the strip club and they expect you to throw 20 bands. It's the same thing, in my opinion. So let me let me follow up real quick then. So yeah. who is, because they they actually, to their credit, they were able to to get that squash, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Whack and 21, they were able to get that squash. Yeah. But a lot of times, the shit that we seeing on Clubhouse and the shit that we seeing all in these records, it's not getting squashed. That's real. It's guys that still like, yo, when I run across you, I'm going to see you and all of this stuff. And then they end up running across each other and they see each other. So then whose job would it be? Because we all got OGs, right? No matter what it is that we're doing, we got OGs. Whose job is it then to quiet some of this shit down when it gets started up from that? Yeah, I, th- I think you said it. I think it is the OG, similar to like, you know, the J Prince situation with Drake and, and Kanye. You know what I mean? I just think that, you know, the 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 OGs of the industry that we in, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, maybe need to be more active, especially if they have relationships, you know what I mean, with these people. Um, it just needs to be more conversation. Like I look at it, bro, is that this is this ain't no to me, in my opinion, nothing in the industry is real beef. Anybody I've had a real issue with. You know, thankfully, it hasn't been many. It, it ain't had nothing to do with rap. You get what I'm saying? Like, and that's for anybody I know. So to me, it's like, if it if it just comes from disrespect and words being thrown back and forth, I don't ever see why niggas can't have a conversation. You know what I mean? And I think that that's something that OGs need to be pushing. Um, as far as TDE goes, I just think that the reason why we don't we don't speak on none of that is because a lot of us really lived it. And it's like, it's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not cool. Like, uh, Q said this in a, in a Twitch. He was like, like it was either a Twitch or it might have been us just chopping it like in, at the studio or something like that. But he was like, like losers go to jail. Like I feel like a loser if I'm in jail. You get what I'm saying? He didn't mean it like everybody in jail is a loser. What he meant to buy, buy it is if I got all this money and I'm risking my freedom. I lost. I lost. Why am I taking a chance to lose? You get what I'm saying? If I have yeah. all this money and all this stuff going for myself, he was like, I'm not going to jail for nobody. You feel me? And so I just think that that has to be more of the mindset that the OGs is like pouring into the culture. In my opinion. Mm. Yeah. So do you think something needs to change in the message and in the content? And if so, what would that change be? 
Um, it's hard for me to say it needs to change because like I'm an artist and I feel like every art artist should be able to, you know what I mean, speak and, and talk about what they, you know, what they want to talk about, you know what I mean, whatever. Because some of these people like, you know, they really come from that. And some of them like, they still in that, unfortunately, you know what I mean? Like they don't know how to make that break, you know, once they start making money, they don't, it's still kids at the end of the day, you know what I mean? And so in a perfect world, would it be great if everybody was sending a positive message? Yes, but then at the same time, we would lose some of what the culture is in hip hop, which is, this is where we come from. You know what I mean? So I don't necessarily think it needs to be a change in the content. Like I said, it just needs to be a change in the culture as far as like what we're trying to do, the the the, the end goal at, at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like my opinion, I look at it as you get into music business for two reasons. You either love music and want to make the greatest music of all time or that you can make, or you get in it to get, your bread and hit a lick. It's one of the two, you know what I mean? So if it's bread and hit a lick, then just get your money and get out the way, in my opinion, and nothing should be in the in the middle of that, you know what I mean? And if it's the music, then just make your music and you know stand on the greatest music that you can possibly give the world. I think it's just more of the ideas and, and, and the OGs and the mindsets of artists. That's why I love artists like Drake. He shows love to literally everybody, you know what I mean? Like, and from what I've seen, I love the fact that, you know, I love when two artists at the top of the game can get along without jealousy and, you know, all these other things. I just think that that needs to be pushed more instead of anything else. And a lot of it comes down to fans. Like fans, everybody wants to see a fight until the fight goes too far. That's word. That's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody wants, even if you had a club and you see two people fighting, y'all gonna watch until somebody, until somebody started getting stomped out. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or until somebody mm -hmm. pull out a gun or until somebody yeah. your head and start bleeding. Then it's like, oh, damn, they shouldn't have been fighting. But it's like, you got 100 people with cameras out. You get what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. I think everybody got to kind of take a little bit of responsibility in what's going on. Like, it's the artists, it's the media, it's the fans. It's, I think it's a little bit of everybody. Yeah. Um, I'm going to come back to hip hop in one second because I, yeah. I want to talk about Reason the Rapper. But I'm going to ask you about the reply on social media. So I put the, I put the thing up about the guy saying fresh and fit talking about, yeah. you know, <laughs> they don't want to date black women. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and so I put it up there yeah. and I said, Hey, I don't like when people loudly announce that they don't want to date black women. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's one of the most anti-black things you could do. I'm paraphrasing. And reason came back and reason was like, I agree. Kinda. Yeah. Every reason it's like he's like everybody should be able to speak on their preference. I was like, yo, man, this reason, reason. though is about to happen to him. Look, I, I understood I, I get what he was saying. He's like, everybody should be able to speak on their on their preference and stuff. But I, I actually I'll read it right here. It, I'll read it right here. It says, uh, let me get to it real quick. I mostly agree. I think everyone should be able to speak on what their preference is, but I do agree that the devaluing, degrading uh, of etc. of black women is extremely anti-black and the corniest shit a man can do <laughs> referring to the clip going around. Here's the thing. Reason. You just agree with me. For Why sure. did you jump into the front? That, that, <laughs> that, that's hilarious. You know, it's the thing, man. And, and I, always, I always say this. I feel like I'm the most misunderstood nigga on TV. And this is why. On TV, this is why. How, how I talk with my homies. Like, you gotta understand, I got into the industry when I was old. I got into the industry when I was 25. You get what I'm saying? So I wasn't in it like that. So I talked to media. I talked to anybody like they're the homies. You get what I'm saying? Right. So me, when I'm reading it, I'm not thinking about platforms. I'm not thinking about none of that. I'm like, 
wait a minute, I don't date white women. And I don't want nobody telling me I can't say that out loud. Right. I'm thinking about you get what I'm saying. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, so you you tell me I can't say I don't date white women out loud because I can say it and I'm gonna stand on that. So (laughs) I don't think nobody should be able to like, this is how I think. You know what I'm saying? Like, so would I ever degrade or put down a white woman? No, I wouldn't. You get what I'm saying? But if I want to say on any public platform that I don't date white women, I'm going to say I don't date white women. So Mm -hmm. I'm very big on keeping the same energy. But I feel like what they did was corny because you're attacking your own people and probably the, not even probably the most oppressed group of people that, you know what I mean? Like are in America, period. So I just thought it was corny that you went out your way. Like, I just feel like there was other ways. If you don't date black women, I personally feel like if asked or if it is brought up in a conversation, you can say, I'd prefer to date white women. Maybe you grew up around all white women. Maybe you're not comfortable with talking to black women. Maybe you've gotten rejected by a bunch of black women because that's what I think it is when black people don't, when black men don't date black women. Maybe you've been rejected a lot and this is where you went at. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, I think you can respectfully say that without all the Laquishas and, and Night right? all the stupid, the stupid shit that they said, I thought that that was corny and I thought it was super anti-black, but I do have to remember that we're on social media and the moment I say, mostly agree. It was on his ass. It was so funny. I was like, yo. You saw my, my reaction. My, like, my, sister, my, sister, my sister hit me. My sister hit me. It was like, I love reason. I can't believe, I'm like, did you read what he said? He essentially said the same shit. It was, right. as soon as it said mostly agree, it was up. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, you know, let me respond. Usually I don't respond, but I'm like, let me respond a little bit. That way anybody that comes in, they can at least have a transcript to kind of read and whatnot. But it was more on that. Like, I'm, I'm just very big on freedom of speech as long as it's respect. And like I said, for me, it was more of, this is how I talk with my homies. And my homies say, you shouldn't be able to say that out loud. I'm like, well, no, nah, I don't date white women. And I'm always say that out loud. So you're not going to be able mm. to tell me what I can't say. And I'm not going to tell somebody else what they can't say just as long as it's respect in the room. That's my personal opinion. So, yeah. I'm so glad you could clear that up. Now, I did not see the comment, but you saw my reaction when I, when I, when I saw. But I'm also glad you just made that point, too, about I think there is a difference in saying you don't date your own versus you saying I don't date white women. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I, and I think that people would use that as an excuse because, you know, they were on there talking about, well, you say you date, you know, you don't date tall people or you don't date people with this color eyes. But if you say if you attack your own, that's a completely different thing than just saying I'm not into white women or I'm not into this or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, circling back to something you said, you said you you like what what Drake is doing. Yeah. Who else who currently in hip hop right now are you feeling? Other than Drake, because you already said that um, one. Yeah, um, I like that. Uh, just from that standpoint, not necessarily like the quality of music, but um, which I, I think as far as that's very high quality music, but Cole is doing something similar to that, working with a bunch of other people. Um, I like that. Um, Lil Yachty has been doing that for like the past two years or something like that. I like. I just like when people show love and collaborate and it doesn't have to be all the politics and you know who has what following. Like Yachty is doing records with dudes that got 40,000 Instagram followers, you get what I'm saying? Mm. Because he met them and he liked their music, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think stuff like that is dope um, because now we take the business out of the music. And I think that when you take the business out of the music, you get the best product, in my opinion. When it stops being about what makes the most sense profit-wise and it goes to what just makes the most sense music-wise, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. to me, that's when we get the best music, the best product. That's when people are having the most fun. That's when we're discovering the best artists because we might have not even known about this dude if this dude didn't do a record with him, you know what I mean? So uh, 
it's a few dudes that's doing that, but yeah, those two specifically are like the first two that come to mind. So for, I'm gonna ask you two questions. Number one, number one, are you competitive in rap? For sure, I'm very competitive. Yeah. You're comp you're competitive in rap. Like you, so I you listen. I'm the best rapper on TDE. Like that's how competitive I am. That's how I feel. You feel like you're the best rapper on TDE. I'm the best rapper on TDE. That's how I feel. Do y'all talk about that on TDE? Like, do like do you, <laughs> Absol, Kendrick? Uh, not, not necessarily, like, but it's like it's like an unspoken thing. Like you you know like you know how niggas feel because of how they react. Like so, for instance, like when I sent flicking up to Absol, like. He oh, he got he got busy on flicking up. Come on, like, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, reason he got busy. He stupid. And so he <laughs> the verse, but this is how you know when niggas are competitive. So don't really call or nothing. Like he sent me the verse and then gave me like four minutes and then called me and was like, "Did you listen to the verse?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to get a song done and you come over here doing all that. Like you're doing, you're doing too much. You feel me? Like, all right. It's little stuff like that that you know, like you can kind of tell, you know what I mean? Like we're all competitive in our own like little separate way and whatnot. So, so then you feel like you're the best rapper on TDE. For sure. Um, do you, you don't, you don't say that it's all now just, just so people, so people know. Yeah, I'm not gonna diss any other record labels. Yeah, but yeah. what I'm saying is, if you're saying that you're the best rapper on TDE, you're yeah. basically saying in a in a very like yeah, it's a very small list, pretty much after that. Like exactly, you basically if you say you're the best rapper on TDE, I could I could take it as you saying yeah. you're the best rapper on the West Coast, you're the best rapper maybe in the world. Yeah. And you, 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 that confident, you're that competitive. You feel like bar for bar, nobody's fucking with Reese. I feel like bar for bar, the only rappers that I would say, I, that I wouldn't just say I'm hands down, just better than hands down is probably Hogan Wayne. Those are the only two that I wouldn't just say that I'm, I'm better than. But there are other rappers that I will say are better artists than me, and I'm trying to like grow in my artistry. I'm trying to make better music, write better hooks. You get what I'm saying? Like, but if if we just all lined up and rapped, if we just all lined up and rapped, the only two I would feel like I just, I don't know if I can out-rap them is Jay-Z and Ho. Those are the only two. Really? That's how I truly feel. Like, and, Andre I, and, three, you uh, Andre, and, and you Andre, should. Andre 3000. Andre 3000. Like, I... I gotta love. Let me let me say this. And I told you, I'm very honest. I I, I say things Be I probably shouldn't say in the public. But I'm gonna say it anyway. I know. Right. I I gotta see more from Andre. Like I I feel like it's very, and I'm not saying what Andre does is easy, but I feel like when you come outside once every four years and you give us the greatest verse we've heard in the last four <laughs> years, I can do that. That's how I feel. I'm not, that's not saying it's easy. It's just saying that I feel like I can also do that. You get what I'm saying? Like, and so like, I don't have, I have Andre in my top 10, but I don't have him as high as most people have him. You get what I'm saying? Like I have guys like Hove and Wayne because of how much they've given us. You know what I mean? Like I have guys like, you know, Lupe Fiasco, Fabulous. Like these are dudes that are in my, top because they've been rapping at a high level for so long. Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, you get what I'm saying? So like, just so we're sure, just so we're sure. Yeah. Love Lupe to death. Lupe actually, Lupe might be my favorite rapper. Lupe actually, I'm, really? I'm going to put him in that three also. Lupe might be able to out-rap me if we just lined up and rap too. Lupe's correct. Lupe, Lupe yeah. might be my favorite rapper. Lupe has made rapper raps that I mean, I was just a time in my life. I was like, I don't care what y'all niggas say. This nigga is the best nigga. I was, I was on that same. I was on that same way for for a good 
three and a half, four years for sure. So, yeah. Right. But just 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 so you just so you know. Oh, go ahead, Rach. I'm sorry. Well, no, no, no. Finish your thought. Go ahead. Just, just so you know, it's a lot of guys out there to be rapping. My man Royce the five nine be rapping. Royce is crazy. Royce is super crazy. Right. But you say that Fabulous is better than Andre 3000. In my opinion, yes. Fabulous is better See, than See, I, I was gonna say, just for fun, can we just go ahead and line them up? Yeah, if, I mean, I would love something like that. You get what I'm saying? Like, but like, I feel like if you lined up Fabulous on Andre 3000, I got my money on Fab. That's how I feel. Word up. Yeah. I, I'm not about to hate on Fab. That's how I feel. But God damn, hate. that boy from Atlanta is a <laughs> monster Andre, reason. Andre is- a reason. Come on. We love Fab. I love Fab. You know damn well I'm, Three I Stacks is... Damn well. That's the thing. I don't... Reason! I've seen... Look, look. So I've seen records like... Like, uh, uh, what's that joint? Fab is crazy. Oh, respect to Fab. He's outrapped Wayne. If you can outrap Wayne, you can outrap Andre 3000. He's Mm. outrapped Wayne on records. I don't think that if they line up, if they do a six minutes of depth type record, like, I'm not saying that it's easy for Fab, but I think if Fab came in there with the mindset of, I want the best verse, I think Fab can outrap Andre 3000 on that verse. Reason you just got the best promotion for your next project because my friend, you just went viral. <laughs> you like you just you just went viral. Tell us what your twenty twenty two is coming up with, bro. Man, yeah. Um. So uh, I'm working on a uh, a little another pack of records. I just dropped a pack of records in October. Um. Uh, trying to do that's like been like my new thing while I'm finishing the album. So I'm trying to drop another four pack. Uh. I actually uh I'm trying to release a single, not like a single business wise, but just like a, a Lucy. Um, in two weeks and then follow up with the four pack and then follow up with my album in like April. So I'm trying to be busy, do something that, uh, you know, TDE standards, it's not normal. You know what I mean? But I just got a lot of music and I'm trying to just get as much of it out there. But I'm really excited about this upcoming album. Uh, this is like the album I've been working on for like the last three and a half years. Like I'll work, mm. with people, take breaks and then go do new beginnings and then work on it and then take a break and go do the CP and then work, you know what I mean? So. I've been working on this album literally since before I got signed to the label. You know what I mean? Had this idea, concept, everything. And uh, I'm at the tail end of it. I'm just looking for like the records that can live on the playlist and different things like that. So gonna yeah. be a big year for TDE? It's gonna be a huge year for TDE. And I know that like artists have said that before, but COVID kind of threw up, but it's it's scary over here, bro. I'm not even like, not even in no type of way exaggerating. Like it's, it's going to be a very, very big year. I think this will be one of them years that people already say it, that we're the best rap label out, but I think this is going to be like, you don't have to, like fans don't have to argue for us. Like the the proof is going to, oh. is going to be laid out. You know what I mean? And because we know Dot is leaving, but this album is still under TDE. So I don't want niggas trying to count this out. And niggas are trying to say that ain't no TDE album. Like, don't do that. Nigga, like, <laughs> but like this, this bomb is still ours. You feel me? Like, so yeah. So, you know, that, that alone by itself with Dot, you know, speaks volumes. And we pretty much, are slated for almost everybody else to drop awesome. You know what I mean? That's nuts. Yeah. That's great. That's a good tease. Yeah. No, um, I, I've no more. Qu- Ray, I've loved having you on the podcast. I love somebody who speaks their mind and is not afraid of what people are going to say. That's, that's exactly how I am. I'm out of, got- you know, they'll, they'll kill me and get over it. And we come back. 
I'll defend you in the comments. Hey, listen, listen, seriously. Everybody know it that listen to hip hop that got is one of the best rappers on the planet right now. Got some crazy hip hop takes, but you know, West Coast guys always do. That's My man Glasses Malone, shout out Glasses. Glasses once told me that 444 wasn't a hip hop album. You know, <laughs> Glasses once told me, West Coast dude's different. You want these got the best barbershop talks, talks out here. Glasses say all kinds of, Glasses will hit me up like, bruh. Glasses tell me, that. tell me when you think Jay Z went pop. I'm like glasses. Yeah, I want to have this conversation with you. Right that, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not like I want to have this conversation with you. All yeah. right, my man. Thank you for coming on the podcast, bro. We really yeah. enjoyed having you. Uh, want to come have you back around the time you about to drop, and want to talk to you about having my company direct one of your videos. <laughs> <laughs> so, hit me up. Good to talk to you, my G. Right, my dog. Appreciate y'all. Okay. Um. There's. I got great news for you, Rach. We got some new public servants coming. Okay. Okay. Some of the people that stormed the Capitol. Today is January 6th. A year ago, today, we were watching. As America was in peril, as someone took a big jar of mayonnaise and spilled it all over the Capitol. Hellman's best. Hellman's best running down the sides of the Capitol. By the way, I went to D.C., uh, like last year, the Capitol uh-huh. is huge, man. I didn't realize yes. it was that big. Yes. The Capitol is huge, so they that took a lot even to get up those stairs. I'm like, God damn, they had it's some a lot decent, of them. Yeah, white rage is very you know makes you athletic. Um, so but 57 people who played a role in the events on January 6th of last year. It seems fucking weird that that was a whole year ago. I know. I That's know. nuts. Uh, are now running for office. Okay. Doug Mastrano, Pennsylvania State Senator, the leading voice in the national movement to discredit the 2020 election results. There's a lot of people that are doing it. At least 57 individuals uh, are now running for elected office. What does this say to you? What do you think this means, if anything? And do you think that their proximity to what happened on January 6th will hurt them as they run for office? Absolutely not, because 11 of the January 6th protesters were elected into office after the January 6th protests or riot Uh of last year. We've already seen it happen for 11 that those 57 probably watching that that gave them even more confidence that this was something that they could do. And what they did is accepted. And do I think it'll hurt will hurt them with the Republican constituents? No, because as we all remember, we were watching it. We saw it in live time happening. And it felt like it wasn't even of this country, of this world, as we were watching. It's like, that's happening in our country, in the United States of America. If there was going to be a time when things were going to be bipartisan and we were going to come together because we love our country and we stand for democracy. That was the time to do it. And we did see people have a voice and speak out and condemn what happened, but that quickly changed. And we saw Republicans double down on what was done. They weren't stand, they were calling it a riot. They were watering it down. What we all saw, what we were all scared and enraged and whatever you emotion you might have felt watching that. Instead, they gathered together to fight against the Democrats and to stand in what happened. So why would this hurt them with their Republican Party? 
the Republicans who lead this country align themselves with that behavior. Loved it, doubled down on it, stood beside it. And so, of course, these people feel like they can run and win because they're going to win. Yeah, run and win. Yes. How about, yeah, they're going to win. I've seen some rumblings over there in Republand (laughs) of people like Dan Crenshaw calling out uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I've seen other people. I saw a guy on CNN trying to distance himself away from Trump and a potential 2024 election. I've seen little movements of people trying to distance himself from what happened on January 6th a little bit, but it's not nearly enough. Mm -mm. They are still playing ball with the insurrectionists. Think about that. Your Republican Party, the party of Kemp. The party of Dole, the party of Reagan, the party of Nixon, those Republicans, that Republican, all of these guys, all of these America first, whatever, the George W. Bush will bomb the shit out of you party because it's America first. They're on the side of people who attacked the government. God damn it. These last couple of years have been a fucking doozy. These like look, even the Black Lives Matter kids, they didn't even have it in them to go up there running up in the Capitol. We, we fucked up Target. No, you know what man. I mean? Like we <laughs> fucked up fucking Staples. Did you, you know, see we, Dick like, Cheney? What did Dick Cheney say? He Dick. said he, he was on, he was up there today, you know, because they were talking about January 6th, and he was with his daughter, and they interviewed him and asked him what he thought about it. He said, This doesn't look anything like it did 10 years ago. So he he's on the side of his daughter. Yeah, and that's I'm not, and fucking, I'm not here to promote Dick Cheney at all. Say, but for Dick Cheney, as evil Darth as that man Vader is, himself, that's he's fucking like, Darth Vader we weren't himself like this saying 10 that. Years ago. So if as yeah. dark as he is, he's saying these folks out here are darker. See, that's what that's that's why America. This is crazy. America has always been afraid of the wrong people. Yeah, we we got out there and we we had some civil disobedience. What did it cost you? A couple of fucking printers. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, is it, what, like, what happened out there? Like, yeah, they burned some swords out. They did some bad stuff. Yeah, sure. Well, bad, depending on how you look at it. Civil disobedience is sometimes necessary to get it. I don't think it was bad at all. Whatever, I'll be honest with you. These people stormed the Capitol. They took on the American seat of power. Insurrectionist traitors, all led by President Trump, but you guys are playing footsie with them. Interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. The question now becomes whether or not you can get the train back on the tracks. It's off. It's off the tracks. It's not even close. It's so derailed. It's about to crash. We are slowly, if these 57 people are elected, we are slowly watching the country turn. I don't think it's that slow. Okay, well, fine. These people are stepping into power to make decisions, to change the way things are run in this country. We're already seeing it. And if you're familiar with anything with The Handmaid's Tale, remember, before they knew it, they saw stuff change. And the next thing they knew, they were living in Gilead. I'll be honest with you. I just need to know when Handmaid Land is coming. Because I'm not trying to live in Gilead. I'll be in Canada so fucking quick. Gilead sucks, bro. I'm going to keep it real with you. <laughs> Do you watch the like, show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, look, let me tell you what watching Handmaid's Tale is like. It's like I've said this before. 
is like showing up at one place at one time and letting somebody pull your fingernails off for an hour is like the hardest thing to watch. It's like, hey, you know what? Life's not bad enough. Come kick me in the nuts for 35, 45 minutes. So never, they never win. You got the black dude, the, the, the like her ex-husband up there going through it, you know, and Gilead, no one's having fun. It looks like the men the are commanders, having fun. The commanders are when they're when they're at the brothel. Sometimes they having a good old time. Sometimes, but then they gotta keep it a little too tucked. Gilead doesn't look very much fun at all. I don't want to live in Gilead. Seriously, <laughs> no, I don't either. But that's what happened. Nobody realized it was happening. Oh, this not that serious. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. Next thing you know, women aren't allowed to go to work anymore. That kid. What's her get- face? The commander's wife. She was a part of it. She was a part of it. She she was the leader until they put her in her place. Yeah, she was the Uncle Tom of women. And then and then after she became the uncle, she was the, the commander's wife is the Uncle Tom of women. She really is. That's why she got it. She got it. Yeah, it's very crazy. All right. Um, New York City mayor. Let me tell you something. I like this nigga. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll he gotta get it you. together. He's gotta no. get it together. No, y'all wrong. Y'all wrong. Y'all like y'all don't want to have fun. That's y'all problem. Y'all like this nigga, Eric Adams. I wasn't very familiar with him when he was running, but I, I like him. This motherfucker here is crazy. Like this. <laughs> 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 This this uh, there's not <laughs> he is. this motherfucker here is crazy. So there's no cure for COVID. There's no real cure for COVID, but he is proposing one. Swag. <laughs> and dressed in it. Did you see him? Did you see him with the sweatshirt? <laughs> yeah, with the whole thing. COVID He's and like, testing. Spray paint co- it all up. The whole, he got swag. Like, look, fuck it, man. Cough with some swag, man. Respiratory depression with some swag. He said this. He had a press conference and, and he uh, was giving a pep talk to New York. He said, when a mayor has swagger, City has swagger. We've allowed people to beat us down so much that we all did. All we did was wallow in COVID. That's all we did. And we no longer believed this is the city of swagger. This is the city of resiliency and all these messages out there of what is going to happen. What is going to happen? We're going to survive. Hey, look on its face. That doesn't seem that bad. Doesn't seem that bad, but, but it kept going. He did. Um, (laughs) Uh, oh, you want me to go to the low skilled workers thing? Well, yeah, because I mean, if you stop there, yeah, it it doesn't sound as bad. I mean, it. Listen, it's as, it's like he he thought if he kept saying swagger enough times, COVID would disappear. Or if you click your heels together and say swagger three times, it'll magically disappear. That's how that's how he was talking. It's <clears throat> look, a little problematic. He, it's look, a little look, problematic. It's not a little problematic. This is what it is. You ever see I Am Legend? Like imagine it as a comedy. That's what Eric Adams wants. Eric, like imagine He's it as, get a, it as imagine imagine that Robert Neville is actually Alexander Hitchens. And he's turning around and he's talking to the camera and he's giving you the rules and he's doing all of that stuff. Hey, yeah, that's what he wants you guys to do. He wants you guys to swagger through COVID. As everyone is coughing, he wants you to swagger. That's not all he said though. This motherfucker is out here. He, this guy has only been in office a weeks. This motherfucker is out here. Look, 
There's a lot of people who listen to this podcast that are probably working their way up. Uh, Trudy will never fuck with you, but they're probably <laughs> they're probably they're probably working their way up through different types of jobs. Eric Adams wants to make life simpler for you because you can't understand shit. Run the audio. If my businesses are sharing with their employees, you are part of the ecosystem of this city. My low-skilled workers, my cooks, my dishwashers, my messengers, my shoeshine people, those who work in Dunkin' Donuts, they cannot, they don't have the academic skills to sit in a corner office. They need this. We are in this together. You dumb fucks. <laughs> you stupid bastards. You don't have the academic skills to sit in the corner office. You know what you do? Fry some fucking chicken. Eric Adams got it. He's on the job. He says, look, take care of shit because we got a bunch of nincom fucking poops who are out there. Do Actually, everybody he's talking about, right? <laughs> look, cooks, dishwashers, messengers, shoeshine people, those who work at Dunkin' Donuts. All right. So every single group were the people that kept us going during the pandemic. Right. We should shine their waxy ball sacks. We should kiss their fucking asses. Every single group, the cooks, the dishwashers, the messengers, all of these people, the Amazon delivery drivers, all of these people kept us going during COVID. And Eric Adams said, fuck them. They don't have the skills to sit in the corner office. So he did. look, I, I'm, a, I'm watching this guy. I love this guy. For already. fun? You're watching him for kicks. 10. You're watching him for 10 kicks. 10 out of 10. President. Okay. That's what we okay. need. That's what funny. we need. We nope, need Eric. I swear we, to need, God. we need Eric to slow down. We I need swear to, he's, go I ahead. want him to run for president. The, for this kicks? is the type of I'll tell you why. This is the type of motherfuckers that people want. This that like I'll be honest with you. He is the perfect Obama was the perfect president. Obama would get up there and talk about this. Not this guy. This guy's gonna get up there. He's gonna he's kind of like blump. He's black Trump. He's black Trump. He loves cops and shitting on people. He's well, Trump. He is, he's a, was he, is he not a former cop? Yeah, he's a former cop. Okay, okay. He's a former cop. Listen, all jokes aside, the generalization that people with, quote, low skill jobs can't have a corner office. First of all, it's a huge contradiction because he then talks about how he was a cook and a dishwasher. And I'm pretty sure he's got his own office right now. So it, it's just the dumbest thing. He's not off to a good start. It's funny to laugh at, but it's so, it's so demoralizing. And it perpetuates this elitist mentality that as if to not value our, our essential workers. And then when did we start calling them low-skilled workers? Like, it's just, it's so gross. And AOC had the best response to it because she worked in a restaurant. She had a great tweet that sh she said, the suggestion that any job is low-skilled is a myth perpetuated by wealthy interests to justify inhumane working conditions, little to no health care, and low wages. She herself worked at a restaurant, and I'm pretty sure now she has a corner office. So it's, listen, he's not off to a great start. Now, is he making headlines? Is he making news? We don't need him to do better, or maybe he doesn't need to step up to the microphone so much because he's know, filling I, himself just a little too much. Little I don't know much. if AOC has a corner office. She probably has a regular office. Well, she it's has a big an office. Building. Listen, it's the point. The point is, is he that said she's got corner. an office. 
He said corner, though. I'm sorry. She's an office and she is a New York congresswoman. Basically, his line of thinking is if you work in restaurants, you don't get those kind of jobs. I I hate to be this guy, but technically until her office is on the corner, then he's right. Okay, so whatever. Okay. Let me tell you something about. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about Eric Adams. Nobody pay attention to Van on this topic. Let me tell you something about Eric Adams. All that shit that ALC said, man, any person that has feeling in their heart, we know that. All right. Eric Adams is is so wild to me that as cops fuck up all over the fucking country that we got a cop telling us what a low-skilled job is. As cops fuck up all over the country, cops don't know the difference between a gun and a taser. Cops don't know how to read people they rights. Cops don't know when to not pit maneuver a fucking woman who's pregnant. The cops going nuts everywhere. And you got the, I wonder where they're getting these guys from. Like, like Slappy's detective school. I wonder where they're getting these dudes from, the cops. For a police guy to tell us what a low-skill job is, all the cops do is fuck up. How about the call out of Dunkin' Donuts? If I'm yeah, Dunkin' why? Donuts, why? I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Low, uh, our shoes shining, blah, blah, blah. Dunkin' Donuts. What? If, but if, you if Dunkin', I'm you Dunkin', Dunkin' Donuts, that. I'm having a fit. But I'm going to be honest with you. If I was running Dunkin' right now, I would make a whole fucking ad campaign around it. I would take what the mayor said. I would put it in a commercial. And then I would make it like it was a Dunkin' Donuts Donut Scientist Academy where kids have to sit around and learn how to make donuts almost with like chemistry or something. I would make every single well, thing positive. at Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, I would take every single thing you have to do at Dunkin' Donuts. I'd have them taking coffee and pouring it into a beaker, swinging the beaker around, testing it, doing all of that stuff. It'd be a good ad campaign. But see, the thing is, I'm too fucking talented to fucking deal with Eric Adams. I should be doing commercials for Dunkin' Donuts. I love them. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read you some names real quick. Just real quick. Okay. Commanders, Admirals, Armada, Brigades, Sentinels, Defenders, Red Hawks, Presidents. Which name should the Washington football team change their name to? The Washington football team. Really? I don't like any of them. I get visuals that I'm not comfortable with. And I when I hear like commanders and admirals and stuff like that commanders I, racist as fuck you see what i'm saying you see what i'm saying i you get a visual why. there's something that pops up in your head also commander, team. commanders is bad because of handmaid's tale and there you go do you want to be called commander i'll tell you why i like sentinel do you know why why because of the x-men okay and a, a sentinel is a, a big hold on wait a minute let me get this out a sentinel is a big mutant killing robot that's what it is is this in the comic book or the movies? Both. Is it in the movies? Okay, I don't remember. It's, it's in the movies. So the, I think the name of the movie is X-Men Days of Future Past. It got signals in the movie. Thank you very much. Maybe that's the one I haven't seen. Yeah. Um. And so they're big. And I think that they should use the signals, but it should be those signals. They should use the signals from the comic books. Okay. And also in Marvel vs. Capcom 2, Sentinel is one of the most powerful characters. Probably the most powerful character. So I think they should go with Sentinel. Whatever you don't even care about, it's a big part of my life. <laughs> you can give less of the shit. You don't care. You just go you your whole about? day. I do ads for <clears throat> Ringer first. What are you talking about? You do go your whole day with no comic book shit. How could that be? I was literally just talking about this today at work. I was. <laughs> you're gonna get so upset. I was reading, uh, doing a read, 
And I was talking about movies that Tessa Thompson is in. And I was uh -huh. like, you know, you may know her from Creed or Westworld or Thor. And then I stopped and I was like, what mm -hmm. is that? Ragnarok? Is that his Ragnarok. last name? And I was like, is that his last name? No, it's not. And I, and then, well, I know that now. Somebody explained it to me. And I said, no, what is here's it? The problem. What is it? What is it? What is it? No, what is I know it? it's not his last name because that's what I right. said. But the whole, they were like, that's the name of the movie. And I said, this is, uh -huh. this is my problem with the MCU. I, when you explain stuff, I'm like, gosh, that sounds so captivating, so interesting. Uh -huh. But there's so much to it that I'll never be able to catch up. So why true. would I why would I ever start every time I turn a corner, I'm learning about something new. Thor Ragnarok? What? Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Whatever. Whatever, Van. So so here's the thing, Ragnarok didn't actually Hold on, hold on real quick. Hold on, hold on. Ragnarok, they didn't make up Ragnarok. Ragnarok actually comes from Norse mythology, which is the death of all the gods, right? So there's a cycle. They have to have, they have all the gods, Odin, Thor, Loki, all of these. And then the Ragnarok comes. That's a big war, death of all the gods. This Ragnarok right here is the end of Asgard as foretold by a bunch of different prophecies. You know what I mean? Surtur comes through, stabs his 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 thing in the heart of Asgard, his sword in the heart of Asgard. Asgard destroys. The Asgardians have to leave, have a new place. It's and like Greek Ragnarok mythology. Ragnarok is unstoppable. It's, oh, it's too much. Do you know what I'm into now? Before we get to this next topic, which is very important, I'm into Matrix mythology. Wait, outside the movies, there's a whole thing, or you're just into the, yep. the Matrix? Yep. Really? Outside the movie, there's guess what. I want to do a whole podcast with you where I convince no. you. Have you seen The Matrix? The first one. The machines are right. The humans are bad in The Matrix. Is that what happens in this last one? The fourth one? Or nope. this is your theory? Nope. If you look at it in its totality, Neo, all uh, Trinity, Morpheus, all the humans, all the humans are actually the villains of The Matrix. The machines are right and what the machines are right in almost everything that they're doing okay i will tell you because there are only four movies and this is something i can easily do i will go through and watch every single one of them and i right. will give you your pod on that oh i will i will give that to you i will download the movies i will start over i will watch them in depth in detail and i will come okay. back equipped to have a podcast with you Done. Just to let you know, The Matrix Revolutions is fucking terrible. But good on you. <laughs> um, uh, good on you. Okay. The one more topic before we get to mailbag. The Los Angeles Unified School District has cut its police budget. Speaking of cops, uh, directing the money towards the 36.5 million black student achievement plan. So this, in a sense, it's kind of like a defunding the police type of deal. Yes. And this is what we're doing. Defund the police, take that money, put it into the Black Student Achievement Program. Mm -hmm. uh, this this provides funds to 53 schools with at least 100 Black students enrolled with high need indicators. It's The BSAP has a plan to help Black students succeed within their environment and reduce suspensions or other disciplinary methods by working with community groups. Rachel, your thoughts? I mean, one, this could be the unexpected ally of the week, but I love this because this is, and I'd love to track this and to see what happens with this because you talk about defunding the police, but this is more than just chanting it. This is actually putting action behind that statement. You're 
targeting a need. You've identified it. Now you are defunding the police to take those funds and invest them into this need, invest them into the community, make these students better. You're, you're giving these students a sense of hope as well. And the other thing I love about this is that they're also saying that they're protecting their students by removing the police because the police have have a history of being more aggressive and a little bit more dangerous to these group of students. So they're protecting their students, but then they're investing in them at the same time. I love it. Yeah, it's great. So it, I think we need to talk a little bit less about defunding the police and more about what we're actually funding. So I think that's a way to shift this narrative. Like, obviously, we're defunding yes. police departments, but we need to talk about what is getting funded. Now, tell me right now. If I'm looking at you in the face as a politician. And I ask mm -hmm. you this question. Do you have a problem with giving the black students of L.A. Mm -hmm. $36.5 million? Exactly. Do you they have an issue say, with they that? They would say no. They would say no. They say no. All right. Well, that means we got to take it from the police budget. Wait. You know what I mean? Wait. You can't find that money somewhere else? That's what they would say. Uh, no, we can't. We looked. Now, you Can know you what, give nigga? them half? You know what, nigga? Can you find it somewhere else? You Can know you give saying? them half? Do they no, need 36? We looked. Guess what we decided? We decided the cops don't need tanks. How about that? We decided the cops don't need laser rifles. Okay, that's, that's what we decided. We decided the cops don't need a fighter jet or robot police or fucking Ferraris with the cops. You know, we don't need, I don't need no Dodge Chargers. The fucking, uh, the, the fucking whatever you guys got, the what do you call them bitches, the, the Chryslers, whatever, they work just fine. The Crown fine. Victorious. The Crown Vic, they that go for it. You know what I mean? All right, let's get the mail back now. Mailbag time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mailbag time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in. All right. Maggie wants to know, what is a social slash cultural discourse that needs to stay in 2021? I think we just had it right there. Yeah, defund the police. Also, people's names that remind us of singers who we used to love. You know, <laughs> to, I don't know, you know, Aaliyah, Maggie. It's like, kind of, you know, you get excited, but then you get bummed out. Okay, you know? stop. A beautiful but, name. Beautiful name. It's a Aaliyah beautiful Maggie. name. But sometimes I was like, you just made me think of it. You know, I moved on past it, but I love you, Aaliyah. Both of you. Uh, next question. It's Hannah underscore Stewart asks, if you could be leader of any country, which would you choose and why? So what I would want to do is take a DNA test uh -huh. and find out what country I have the highest percentage of. And that's the country that I would want to lead. I want to go back to my roots somewhere right. in Africa and leave right. that country. Right. Yeah. Sell out. I want to be the president. I'll tell you straight of up. Of this country? Fuck yeah. Would be the, would be the wildest four years. I'll sell out. I don't care. People call me a sellout. You expect me to pick somewhere else? No. Uh, I want to be the president if I got to choose. Would be the wildest four years ever. I, I literally, literally might make it to August of my first term before they impeach me. I'm tearing everything. Well, ev the executive orders are going to be crazy. 
when I tell you they're, they're going to be crazy, I'm going to the first thing I'm doing if I'm the president is I'm going to get people in a bunch of room and I'm going to get a bunch of people in the room, the smartest people, not just in my cabinet, not just in like the smartest people from everywhere, the smartest yeah. e- economists, the smartest scientists, the smartest fucking legislators, the farthest, the smartest constitutional law professors. I'm going to ask them one question to everyone in this room. What is it in my power to do? Forget about what I can get negotiated. Forget about like, what can I do unilaterally? What can I do next week? What can I do two weeks from now? What can I do? What can I do unilaterally? Like, what can I do? And they give me a list of things that I can do. And then we just going to do them. I've been telling you, we just like, bruh, when I say we going to do them, it's going to be the, the holiday situation is going to be so fucked. We're going to have Bobby Brown Day. No, we gonna, like, bro, make it's going to be so weird. We're going to have Bobby Brown Day. We're going to have Bobby and Whitney Day. Everybody gets off work for Bobby and Whitney Day. All kinds of crazy shit. You know, all of the other stuff, federal elections, all of that stuff. But also, I'm just going to get up there, hit corporate America hard. Hey, Hey, Amazon, how you doing? Boom. 60% tax rate. Fuck it. Move then. <laughs> it's a fan. You're too much. Too yeah. much. All right. Next question. HP Hartel. Hartel. Would Van and Rachel be in each other's top eight if we still had MySpace? Yep. No. For me, yeah. Damn. No, you would be in mine. I wouldn't be in Van's. I would definitely. She would definitely be in mine. <laughs> Because my, my top eight was only used to torture people. I don't even think I had a top eight. I know I had I MySpace, had, but I just, yeah, I wasn't into I had the I had the crew, and then there was like three other spots, and then bitches would like rotate. But I would have Rachel just there, because that would just be another person that people would like bitch about. He's like, <laughs> I've been knowing you. How you got her in the top eight? Man, I'll be honest with you. She brings more to my life than you do. <laughs> don't put me in that. They should bring top eight back. On like which platform? Fucking great question. Um, probably would have to be Instagram, right? Nah, not Instagram. I don't know. Twitter, be my, uh, Twitter, Twitter top eight Twitter. would be good. Twitter, Twitter mm-hmm. top eight would be good. And you also could can, can tell a lot of people from their top eight. You go in there, and they got mm-hmm. Candace Owens in their top eight, and then you like get out of here. And there you go. Um, uh, last question. Let's go. Okay, TK four nine five. Sounds like a Star Wars character. Uh, ask which one, what's one thing from your childhood you wish you never found out was a lie? We had that question before. Something like Did that. Did we? Yeah, like it was a form of it. That you wish you hadn't found out was a lie? Yeah. I don't want to do that. All right, fine. Fuck it. Last one. All right, All right that's Damn. enough for mailbag. It is over. We got end of the year awards now. Rachel, do you want to do them or no? Because I didn't. I didn't do all of them. <laughs> I, I did it when it was. You, you go through them. Go through them. Go through them. And I'll, all right. I'll so these are to... the these are the end of the year's awards. Me and Rachel are gonna freestyle these because this is really a Trudy thing. This is yes. Trudy wants it. Trudy only cares about this. And, okay. and, it's, and it is a good topic, Trudy. Let me support Trudy. It's a good It's a good thing to do. Why you gotta do that when you know you don't agree? Trudy is a big girl. The Trudy original has gone, one she wanted us to do, I did. Uh, Trudy has gone to war with the entire internet. She don't need your help, man. 
Trudy. Uh, all right, best TV show of the year or a season of TV show. Oh my gosh, you know I got to go with Snowfall. Oh, interesting. You know Good. I'm all in. I'm all in on the show. I think people are really big on us doing a little recap when it starts Snowfall. in February. Definitely will. Snowfall, hands down. I agree. It's very tough for me between Snowfall, I'd say though, and uh, one of the MCU shows. So it's Snowfall or Loki. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Know why I'm, I'm I'm capping? It's 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 it's, it's Hawkeye for me. Like oh, is Hawkeye's, Hawkeye's the, the one? yeah Hawkeye. Fuck it. Hawkeye over Loki guys, over um, Wandavision. I liked it. Okay. I like what I like. How about that? Best album of the year. What do you think? Jasmine Sullivan Hotels. <laughs> That's definitely the answer, but my <laughs> answer is. Moneybag Yo. Against the Spain. Moneybag Yo be doing this fucking thing. I like Moneybag Yo. I just, that's not what I thought you'd say. Man, if you haven't listened to Jasmine Sullivan Hotels, it's it's so good. And everybody, every woman can connect to what she's not just singing about, but the stories from the women in between. Oh, that's the one. Yeah. Ally of the Year. Does that exist? So I got one. Oh, well, you go first. Jolly Good Ginger on Instagram. This is a guy who seems conchier than a motherfucker, but what he really is is a good old-fashioned ally. He is white, but he calls out the inconsistencies and the discrepancies in white supremacist actions all the time. And I believe... Unlike some who do it, always love my man Sam White too. But uh, uh, unlike some who do it for the clout, I believe he does it for the culture. So jolly good ginger. That's love so that good. I've seen uh-huh. him before now that I'm looking at it. I'm going to steal him. Let's just have one for the podcast. Let's go with him. Okay. He's ally of the year. Uh, class clown, biggest goofy of the mo- uh, of the year to you. There's only one answer. Who? Fucking Soldier Boy. Like what? That's your class clown? Soldier Boy is the class clown of the year. I love watching Soldier, but he that nigga funny. Like he the class clown of the year to me. Soldier. Soldier. Soldier had a big year too. Big year. I don't know. There's a Topic lot of hits. clowns though. Like, does a clown have to mean you're funny or like could you just be a clown, right? Like the baby was clowning. This year, you know what I mean. No, you forget, we want to give it to the baby. If you think all of that shit is funny, that's on you. No, 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 no. Like he's a clown is what I was oh. going with, not funny. Okay, public servant of the year. Um, I like our man that we had on, Michael Tubbs. Mike Tubbs, MT. I like. So him. I'm I'm gonna give somebody that wasn't technically in 2021, but was held over from 2020. Stacey Abrams. Great. I'm gonna go Great with Stacey. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Stacey Abrams. Technically it's twenty twenty, but really twenty twenty one is. Well, she announced she's running for governor this year, so she's still, she's still down. Yeah. Best viral moment or challenge of the year. Well, the the um the crates. Oh shit, that's easy. That's right. The, the crates. crates. I've, it just came to me. We said challenge. I'm like that <laughs> that that everybody. Everybody was crazy. The crates are the kind of thing that our ancestors look down on us and they just go. (laughs) 
And they, they, they look down at us and they go, really? We gave them all this freedom and look what they doing with it. Look what they did with it. We thought these niggas was going to climb mountains and they climbing some fucking crates. <laughs> They're like looking, you know. And by the way, it doesn't take much to impress the ancestors. You know, think about it. You People always talk about this. Think about this. People always say like, oh, Gabby Douglas, Simone Biles. And they won eight, nine gold medals or whatever, whatever. It's like the ancestors are looking down, smiling. The ancestors look down and smile way, way easier than you winning an Olympic gold medal. Remember, they couldn't fucking do anything. (laughs) You get up and you put your own shoes on and you walk to the bus stop. They up there fucking crying. Well, like look at, at her front. fucking go and pick yeah. the seat that you want That's the seat that is. you want you get in your car you drive your own shit they like look at them go you know um best author or uh audio or or book of 2021 the best author of 2021 to me is Peniel joseph oh yeah i saw you post something the other day read a lot of Peniel joseph his new book the third reconstruction is coming out pretty soon if you guys want to learn about who you are as blacks Peniel joseph is an absolutely brilliant man and i love him i reread the sword and the shield i read uh, some of his other books i read his stokely carmichael book i read his book on the civil rights era as a whole he has completely reshaped my thoughts and my feelings on the entire black power movement and its place in american history peniel joseph is amazing and he works where Uh, he works in texas so what (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, mine is carrying over from into 2021. It's cast the orange origins of our discontents. It's by Isabel Wilkerson. I didn't read it till 2021. Yeah, she's great. She's great. The 1619 Project is also a book. Now you guys should check that out. Shout uh, out to yeah, Nicole that's Jones. actually uh, that's the book that I just bought. You just bought that? Let me see. The yeah. 1619 Project. It's. <laughs> you know what you it's like? You should. While. It's gonna take a while, but it's like you know, essays. You know what I like about that book is the book is so big and the title is so big on the book. You can you really use that to like trigger people. Like when you go back to Texas. Oh, I'll be doing just, it on the plane. I get on plane tomorrow. Sixteen nineteen project. You know, hey, go to different places. Go to like a country bar, and like read it. Shout out we, to country. Uh, we music. think the same way. We do. <laughs> All right, uh, that is enough podcast for today. Big podcast, big big podcast today. Um, I am Van Lathan Jr. In case you guys didn't know. And I'm Rachel Lynn Lindsay. We're done. Bye. <laughs>